0: Hello, Internet. My name is Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week's Screen Verdict is on the Place Beyond the Pines. Yes, and we are, I believe, the best duo since Hall & Oates. It was a bit of an out-of-the-blue comparison, but I'm down. Yeah. It's a comparison from
1: Place Beyond the Pines. (laughs) The
0: robbery team
1: claims to be the best team since Hall & Oates, and I thought... I think Scream verdict
0: is. <laughs> I'm calling it. It was not very bizarre, <laughs> like are big Hall and Oats fans. Yeah, I didn't know Hall and Oates did that many bank robberies. No, even better bank robbers than Hall and Oates. Yeah. Who? Who? Between us, which one of us is Hall and which one of us is Oates? I'm um, Oates for sure. I have no <laughs> idea who <laughs> Hall and Oates were. I don't even know which one I want to be. You don't even know who Hall and Oates are. I heard of them, but I don't know. Oh, maybe... Who's at, and who's oats. Maybe at the
1: podcast we'll get a bit of Hall and oats karaoke out or something like that. <laughs> we can do a bit of Hall and oats.
0: Um, anyway. The Place on the Pines, it's a movie. Yes. Now, broadly speaking, there are two kinds of movies. Hmm. Bad movies and Ryan Gosling movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you like The Notebook? I've not seen The Notebook. I saw, like, most of The
1: Notebook earlier this year. And I sort of heard a lot of people. A lot of guys seem to be using it, and I think I've said this in the podcast before. A bit of the like, sort of, they'll say around chicks like, "Actually, you know, uh, The Notebook. Not too bad for a chick movie." <laughs> I quite, I get a little emotional during The Notebook. Is this how your friends talk? Yeah, I think the kind of guys hey, are saying, so, hey, "Yeah, yeah, just hey yeah. go pick up some chicks, man." Yeah. yeah. They think this is a good way to get chicks to admit they get a bit emotional around the notebook. So but I thought, this might mean it's actually not a horrible romantic This is my comedy. chance to lie to girls. <laughs> no, I but thought, I need to do my research. They're the best yeah. kind of lies. I thought if go- I thought if these guys were saying this, maybe it's not actually a bad chick flick. It's actually quite a good chick flick. Because I would say this uh, around girls about Silver Lighting's playbook. I would mm. go, that's actually a really good romantic comedy. I quite enjoyed that. It was so cheesy, The Notebook, <laughs> and you could tell, like, sort of the big twist a mile away. Um, like, from the very beginning. Oh, okay, this is why everyone says the movie's so sad. So,
0: yeah, not a fan. Did not like it. Now, I have made my categorization of films, but thinking about it, didn't really like Gangster Squad that much. Yeah, I'm thinking this is the worst like criteria or for Or the Ides of March. Yeah. Or crazy stupid life. Okay. You like, stu- do you like crazy Stupid... I think you like crazy stupid life. I sort of I liked all Okay. There's two kinds of movies. Bad movies and Drive. Yeah. Basically okay. that's what that's every going. other film has to try and live up to. Drive. Yeah. Because I'll be honest.
1: I've gotten a lot of questions this week about our decision to do a Place Beyond the Pines podcast. (laughs) Everyone's saying, why aren't you doing Star Trek? And I said, Jonathan really
0: wanted to see Place Beyond the Pines because it looks like Drive. Well, every other film has to try and attempt to live up to Drive. It looks like Place Beyond the Pines is almost literally doing that because it's got Ryan Gosling driving motorcycles instead of being in a car, he rides motorbikes and he used that skill set perhaps to do some criminal activity and there's a story and there's a girl and it did seem a bit drive S, which got me interested but there's also the thought that well, there's no way it could live up to Drive.
1: And it's not the same director who did Drive either which I think there's another reason you really like that movie. Mm. Correct? Yes. So, um, do you want to give a quick Star Trek review for those fans
0: who've been asking for the Star Trek you know, stuff, just to appease them. Well, I'd have to use some kind of Star Trek-esque technology to go back in time before this podcast and have watched Star Trek in order to give an opinion on Star Trek. So, unfortunately, I can't. Just give it a seven. Like, (laughs) just give it a seven. (laughs) I'm sure it's entertaining.
1: I'm sure oh, I think it's not bad, I, but I'm sure it's not going to be a movie that would blow us away. I can I can tell you what our opinion of Star Trek would be: a seven <laughs> with a margin error of 0.5. <laughs>
0: so there you go, guys. Bang! Little bonus review. All right, place beyond the pines. Yeah, we'll it looks like Drive, sorta. Of. Let's get into it to see how Drive esque. In content and quality it is. Mm -hmm. From the trailer to think it's not too dissimilar
1: to drive, I think you were quite right. I about half... I often am. Yeah. (laughs) Ryan Gosling is a guy who's a professional motorcyclist. He does this thing where he goes into a cage. I've seen this on Letterman before this spherical cage with two other motorcyclers and they all drive around the cage. This seems very dangerous (laughs) to me. I'm not sure if
0: I would want to do this. (laughs) It's a pretty good carnival stunt, isn't it? It's the kind of thing you'd want to see at the carnival. Like, if you went to Disneyland or, like, a proper theme park, you'd be like, "Ah, this isn't great. But at a carnival, you're like, yes, this is the kind of entertainment I want from a carnival. He's sort of at the pinnacle of that sort of
1: skill set though like he's made it as far as he can in life (laughs) with this pretty incredible skill but like that's that's it for him that's like (laughs) just going from small town to small town doing carnival tricks i guess he signs a few kids autographs for kids afterwards i I a lot of money in that no if I, I, to be honest, if I was a parent, I'm not sure about what my kids like hanging out with me. Like, when there's going to be no parents around. It's these young kids hanging out with this smoking tattooed Carnie. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm a, I, That sounds very pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> that shirt did look proper worn out. Yeah, he only has, like, one shirt. And, it, like, what kind of money is in this? Like, I just yeah. feel... I felt, like, sorry for him that he's obviously really good at motorcycle riding, but this is as
0: far as he can go. I spent over. a whole scene just looking at that white shirt, just looking at how many holes there were, trying to read the things that had faded on it. Perhaps not a great reflection of yeah. the scene. <laughs> <laughs> he can't a- afford new shirts, is yeah. basically yeah. the point of that. <laughs> and not really following the Ryan Gosling principle
1: of... If you're Ryan Gosling and you can't afford a shirt, <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. There are directions <laughs> you can go with this. Um, he's not going the right direction by having like a shirt that's way too big for him. It's not even a tight shirt so you can see the muscles um,
0: with holes all over it. Was that designed so that... Ryan Gosling could show range. We've seen him pull off suits. We've seen him pull off scorpion jackets. Now we've got to see him... Can he pull off the tattered, holed, faded T-shirts? He does not, (laughs) is my verdict. He doesn't pull it off. I don't think he pulls it off. (laughs) How do you not pull off the T-shirt? How is he supposed to carry the T-shirt? I don't think anyone can carry that T-shirt well. (laughs) I
1: don't think... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it just looks an aw- it looks awful on anyone that's <laughs> Do you think he pulls off the neck tattoos and like I don't know like eye tattoo like I
0: don't know he's got some like weird sort of symbol on next to his eye? I don't have anything against tattoos. Personally, I don't plan on getting a tattoo. I feel like no matter what I think about something at the time. There's no way I can think that that is the greatest, coolest, stylishiest thing for the rest of my life. I agree. To put something like that on your face, yeah, can't imagine that not being a mistake. There's yeah, never I, a good idea. I, I agree.
1: I again, no moral objections to to tattoos or anything. I just like you. Could never see myself being comfortable enough with an image to make a lifelong
0: commitment to that image. When you're 20 and you get a face tattoo and you're like, "Yeah, I look like a badass." What happens like 15 years later when you want to have, you know, a family and you have to be your kid has to be the one with the dad that has a freaking dagger on his face? Yeah, (laughs) the parent teacher night. Yeah, no. I look and again, no moral objections
1: to tattoos, but to, uh, to the kids listening out there. Um, tattoo removal is expensive, it is painful, a lot more painful, and it is lengthy. You need like a ridiculous number of sessions to get a tattoo removed. So, just just be aware of the consequences of a decision when you're making it. I mean, it's wrong to make, but just be aware of that. Oh man, I sound so old in this (laughs) (laughs) podcast. So anyway, he's a bit like Ryan Gosling in Drive, was a sort of race car driver. He's sort of like, you know, had a sort of entertainment... No, a stunt car driver and a race car driver. I don't know. He did what, everything, he did, everything. Man. he did so many things. <laughs> so anyway, Ryan Gosling in Drive was... Like, used his driving skills for entertainment purposes, did a bit of stunt driving and stuff like that, and this he's doing his motorcycling for entertainment purposes, doing carnival shows and things. So he's at one of the carnival shows, and a girl approaches him, a girl he knows... He remembers the name of. Yeah, that's always a good move. What do you think about the shirt she was wearing when
0: <laughs> when they for, when she approached him? I'm trying to think of what's the opposite of a hole. Like rather than there being like a lack of material in the shirt, there was a bit of like protrusion. Yeah. from the shirt. The word nipply. Comes yeah. The mind. yeah. <laughs> There's
1: no nudity in this movie at all, mm. but I'm not sure I've ever seen a, a shirt that wasn't see-through, where you could see so much nipple. <laughs> like,
0: it was very bizarre. <laughs> it was a cold night. Yeah, yes. He connected you. <laughs> yes. So anyway, she, appro- she, she approaches him. Fast forward five minutes, she has a kid. Yeah. It's Ryan Gosling's. Yeah. He hasn't known about it. Regardless of whether they'll be able to get together, he wants to provide for the kid. Yeah. He quits his job, and he's ready to, like, move on in. Seems like he doesn't have much of a follow-up plan, though, to quitting the only thing that gets him money. Yeah. But luckily he stumbles upon Ben Mendelssohn. Yes. Who we know from Killing Them Softly and Animal Kingdom is a criminal mastermind. Yes. He's going to have... The quick hookup to some money. Yeah, And he does. Mm. Apparently, he is a retired bank robber. Yeah. And can get Ryan Gosling into the bank-robbing game.
1: Hmm.
0: I loved his character. I think Ben Mendelsohn is great. Even though he was doing a kind of crappy American accent, I still fi- found his mannerisms really funny, and he was really entertaining. Yeah. There's a scene where him and Ryan Gosling dance, like Gosling's just swinging the dog, and he just dances... And it goes for, like, 30, 40 seconds, which is unnecessarily long in yeah. the scene, but it was so funny. It worked. I yeah, just yeah. laughed the whole time. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, they come up with this plan to rob banks. So, this is this is the plan. This is the bank robbing plan. You ride your bike to the bank, your motorbike, and they spray paint up the lac, so it's, I don't know, mysterious. And dark. <laughs> Um, they... People think it's Batman. Yeah. They're like, don't worry, he's here to save us from the bank robber. Yeah. They call the police. Batman's rocked up. Yeah. <laughs> he wears a mask, a, a black spray painted like helmet masky thing. Goes in with the gun. Goes to someone who's easily intimidated. He goes, Shut the up! Give me all the money! Put it in the bag! Okay. And then they do that. He leaves. He drives off in his motorcycle very quickly. Like weaving around cars and things. Ben Mendelssohn's a few, I don't know, off the highway somewhere, in a truck with a truck. Frank Gosling drives into the back of the truck, closed up the door, Ben Mendelson drives off in the opposite direction. Police cars woo coming along and trying to prevent yeah. spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And they're
0: off with the money, this big bag of money. To be like this plan. It made it seem like robbing banks was quite simple. Yeah. The Joker robs a bank. Yeah. At the beginning of The Dark Knight, and that's a really great scene because of how complex and how clever yeah. that plan is. Hmm. In this, you just go in with a gun and say give me the money, get out there quickly and drive off. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how does that?
1: Yeah. The the flaw I saw in the plan was the bike. There'll be cameras outside the bank with, with, and even if the number plate, they don't have a number plate on it or whatever, there will be, it's quite a unique looking bike because they have spray painted it black and he said it looks a bit Batmanish. So the bike, uh, there'll be highway patrol cameras and th- like where they will have pictures of that bike. So I assumed after the first robbery, they would be destroying this bike, <laughs> Not that Ryan Gosling would be spending the whole next half hour of the movie driving around with his family on the bike, uh, <laughs> taking them to ice cream shops in the bike, getting people to take photos of them all in front of the bike. <laughs> like, I thought this is the one, like, thing that, that I would imagine your um, FBI um, John Hamm type characters from the town would be going, we just need to find that bike. <laughs> like, we find that bike. We crack the case wide open.
0: It was just wanted posters
1: of white around town. Have you seen this bike? (laughs) So I thought that was... Or just spray paint a different colour, at least for each robbery. (laughs) Then they don't know which colour bike they're looking for.
0: (laughs) Just a little tip if you decide to rob a bank. (laughs)
1: Yeah. But it never really causes an issue, though. (laughs) It's like... I thought, oh man, when they took the photo of him in front of the bike, I'm going, that photo, that could be key to the him getting caught. No. No. Also, if you've seen the trailer, you'll know that Bradley Cooper is in this movie. A bit of a, a couple of years ago, Ryan Gosling was the hot front runner for Sexiest Man Alive. Got pipped at the post by Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Last year, Bradley Cooper um was able to follow that with an Oscar nomination for Best Lead Actor, maybe, you know, arguably Bradley Cooper, even sexier than he was the year before now with an Oscar under Oscar nomination under his belt. Ryan Gosling, I think, still probably considered a bit of a sexy guy. He hasn't really been the gangster squad. May have take, He may have taken a bit of a hit. <laughs> do we think this was a bit of... What do we think? These two sexy men in one movie.
0: Well, I was personally one of the people emailing... People <laughs> magazine, with my outrage that Ryan Gosling did not win Sexiest Man. I thought there could be a little bit of tension on set. I wasn't sure mm. what the chemistry between these actors would be. Mm. I was very surprised that they pit them, not with, but perhaps head-to-head, if you yeah. will. Mm. A level playing field, because you're in the same film, same director. It's a chance to prove who is the sexier of the 2 mm. I like Bradley Cooper. I think he's quite funny in his comedies, and I thought Silver Linings Playbook was pretty good. But I'm a member of Team Gosling, so pretty much the whole film, I was like, I don't want things to work out for Bradley Cooper. I'm rooting for <laughs> <to> Gosling. <laughs> I, I, I don't care if you're with Rose Byrne or whatever. I just want... Crush him! Crush him! <laughs> <laughs> okay. A
1: bit bitter. <laughs> so... um. Well, obviously, it may have been a little tense on set for Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper because they do not have as many scenes together as you would think. Mm. Mm. So there's not heaps of them together on screen. Maybe they wouldn't agree to come in on the same days. <laughs> Perhaps. But uh, look, I, I think Gosling should have won Sexiest Man Alive two years ago. I, I think uh, I don't know why they chose Bradley Cooper over him. But last year, I probably would have given Sexiest Man Alive to Bradley Cooper. I think it was *Silver Linings Playbook* he was so good in that, and he is a pretty sexy guy in his own right. So, I'm not I'm not strongly in anyone's team here. Actually, in some ways, Bradley Cooper gave one of my favorite performances last year in mm. *Silver Linings*. So, I didn't really I wasn't too partisan. I'm pretty objective when it comes to these guys. I don't, <laughs> I don't really mind. I think uh, in the film, though, I probably preferred Bradley Cooper. He wasn't wearing these tattered shirts and (laughs) things like that. He was looking a bit sharper. Yeah, Matt loves a man in uniform. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I love love girls in uniform too. (laughs) I (laughs) don't know how that was two, as well as. (laughs) He didn't deny it. For different reasons. For different reasons. Okay.
1: Yeah, Bradley Cooper's the cop, so I guess he's sort of, um, in, in inverted commas, because, you know, these films always play with anti-hero, hero sort of themes, but the good guy, I guess. The guy, Ryan Gosling's the criminal, he's the cop. Yeah, mm. he's involved in a bit of a prickly shooting-type scene at some point in the movie, and he gets interrogated by a guy, that, like, sort of questioned about how that went down. And they sort of start off by going to him, don't worry, it's just routine, it's just routine. So, um, And then, like, about two questions in, they've got the knives out for uh, (laughs) for Bradley Cooper. Uh, Which I thought was a little, maybe,
0: unfair. It was all of a sudden. Yeah, when things were getting a bit serious, I was thinking, is this the guy from Flight? Yeah. Maybe they can just get some cocaine out, because that seemed to solve everything in flight. Yeah. Maybe that'll just smooth over this whole shooting situation. Yeah, yes. We all get a little bump. Yeah. (laughs) Get John Goodman in here now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: so we've got Bradley Cooper. He gets involved in a little bit of corruption. It turns out not everyone in the police department is an upstanding citizen.
0: Yeah, when Ray Liotta joins the scene... Things are never going to go well. Was he in... Killing Them softly. Was he in Killing Them Softly as well? He played pretty much the exact same character, even though in that he was a gangster and in this he was a cop. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Ray Liotta, man. Yeah, okay. So I guess that's where some of the blurring of the lines happen. He's the good guy cop, but then there's some shady stuff going on. It's running rampant in this police department. <laughs> like, it really is appalling. <laughs> Yeah, we have the police chief who is basically playing the same character that he plays in Boardwalk Empire. He's just like, yeah, how can we make money off this man? Where's... Yeah. Let's keep this on the DL. No one needs to know. Yeah. And, like, there's a scene where Bradley Cooper goes to just report something to
1: him, some ethical breach, and he just gets so angry at Bradley Cooper for even mentioning. <laughs> what bitching. are you thinking? Why are you making this my problem? <laughs> <laughs> That's your stuff to deal with. <laughs> Who
0: do I look like? The commissioner of police? <laughs> so Bradley Cooper has to deal with all of that. And he also has a wife and a kid,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Rose Byrne. Yeah, And I don't a think the baby's cute. famous. So I think <laughs> they've just got a baby. And I guess part of the film is about fathers and sons, is that sort of relationship. Yeah. Like your lives, dealing with the kid... And uh, decisions you make having an impact on your sons. No, I don't have a kid, as far as I know. So, to me, a lot of this was just, like, hypotheticals. And in hypotheticals, it's very easy to do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. Like, in all of these situations, I was like, no, you do this. No, you do. Yeah. And there's no moral quandary here. Yeah. This is how you take care of a baby. Yeah. But... For them, it seemed quite difficult. So maybe if you actually have a child, it's a little bit more difficult than I'm assuming it to be. I think generally people make things more complicated than they have to be. In movies or in life? In life, yeah. (laughs) Well, we've already given plenty of sound advice on this podcast alone. Don't tattoo your face. Here's how you rob a bank. I think we'd be great. Great parents. Yes. Maybe we should get a kid. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know on the Facebook page if you'd like to see a screen verdict baby. If we didn't even do that dancing thing, we still did do how are we going to follow through on this. Yeah, but the dancing, we'd have had to, like, practice and record it. Like, how much effort could a baby be?
1: Yeah, I don't think we can legally do it. I don't think we legally, that's allowed in Australia to
0: two podcasters to watch a baby. <laughs> On account of us being podcasters? Well, that's discrimination. (laughs) Forget forget gay marriage. What about podcasters' rights? Yeah. To marry? I don't know. Whatever the legal requirements are to get a baby. Okay. Alright, we're going to have to petition someone. Mm. Surprise, surprise.
1: Bradley Cooper, Ryan Gosling, their stories end up crossing, intersecting.
0: Yes, sorry story goes on from there. We don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, it's a hard movie to talk about without spoiling, to be honest. So we thought we might now skip ahead to one of our favourite segments. Mm-hmm. What has Blank taught us? Mm-hmm. This week, what has The Place Beyond the Pines taught us? Mm-hmm. Matt, what has it taught you? The Place Beyond the Pines
1: has taught me that you might not be the best father in a lot of ways, but as long as you can be there... When your kid has their first ice cream, that's an important milestone. I'd never considered this as like if I was ever a father, I have to be there when he has his first ice cream. But uh, Ryan Gosling was very protective of that sort of thing. So, has he had ice cream yet? No, we're taking him, I'm getting him. Is I've got to be there. Um, then they get the baby, like, the biggest thing of ice cream, like, you could possibly get. <laughs> they give him, like, one spoon of, like, the vanilla. Not even the, t- like, it's, like, what, what was it? It was, like, a, a big bowl of ice cream with, like, this, uh, this cone of ice cream just, like, stuck on the top of it, like, just dropped on the top of it. Uh, they give him, like, a spoon of the most, like, bland flavour. Uh, although vanilla ice cream is good. Uh, and then they just, like, leave it on the table, like, barely touched. Why didn't they just get one scoop of ice cream if that's all they were going to eat?
0: Or force the baby to eat its way yeah. ice cream. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Hey it's going to be wasteful. Yeah.
1: Hey, baby, there are kids in Africa that would kill for this ice cream <laughs> you are finishing it.
0: <laughs> so, Jonathan, what has The Place Beyond the Pines taught you? The Place Beyond the Pines has taught me that if you want people to listen to you, you need to yell in a high voice. Because when Ryan Gosling goes to rob the banks... Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> at first he starts yelling, Everybody on the ground! Down, down, Don't look at me! Everybody on the ground! And people are a bit slow to react. They're not giving him the reaction that he wants. And so he just starts yelling, Give me the... Back of life It was so bizarre. Huh? It was so weird. That it freaked the other people out enough into doing it.
1: Yeah. Do you think... Ryan Gosling's sexiness took a bit of a hit in this film. Like, that was sort of a bit of a turn-off, that sort of voice, the uh, face tattoo
0: and the, like, mouldy shirt. Yeah, I think Ryan Gosling in singlets riding down a highway in slow motion, fairly sexy. Ryan Gosling standing on the counter of a bank in... Yelling in an absurdly high-pitched voice. Not the pinnacle of Ryan <laughs> yeah, Gosling's yeah. sexiness. <laughs> yeah. Because if we did a screw-married
1: kill with Ryan, with Ryan Gosling's character and this Bradley Cooper's character and this, and, I don't know, the black guy that... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and the man... Sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry. And the man that uh, the mother of Ryan Gosling's child is now married to. I think Ryan Gosling would be the one I'd kill. Nah, I can't kill Gosling. I kill Cooper. He's an important guy, he's like, <laughs> you know, a policeman, he seems like, you know, he's got some good
0: ideas about things. He should have been in Drive. <laughs> so that's some things we learned from the film. Yeah. Now it's time to share our verdict. Yes. Matt, what's your screen verdict rating for The Place Beyond the Pines?
1: Okay, about half an hour into this film, I was thinking this seems just like... A combination of drive and killing them softly. As my like,
0: favourite films of the last two years, <laughs> yeah,
1: I was like, this is like a watered down version of both of those oh, okay. that I'm not enjoying as much as either of those two <laughs> things because I feel like I've seen it before and I've seen it done better before. So I wasn't really enjoying it. Then the film changes directions a bit, and I enjoy that new change of direction a bit more. Uh, so I'm like, oh yeah, this is a bit more enjoyable, but still, like I'm not loving it, but I like this film, as, I guess a different layer. The way they sort of intersect Bradley Cooper and Ryan Gosling's sort of storylines, I actually thought was really well done and interesting, and, and that's where the film I guess really sort of got me. But there was a lot of sitting through stuff before I sort of started to appreciate that. And even that, I think, was drawn out a bit as well. So I was definitely looking at my clock a lot during this <laughs> during this film. My, by the time, obviously, I said, don't bring a clock with me <laughs> to the movies. I was definitely checking the time a lot during this. Uh, it was a bit of a hodgepodge. Um, I sort of like Bradley Cooper's character and his sort of journey, I guess but I feel like it borrowed a lot from other films. And
0: yeah, so, I don't know, 6 out of 10. Well, if I was comparing this film to Drive, it had a lot to live up to. And I think initially it was quite Drive-esque, but I really liked it. I thought it had quite a good visual style. I liked Gosling's character. I guess even though the story wasn't that original, I still cared. I was still following it. And then around, I think it's 40 minutes to an hour into the film, you get a jaw-dropping moment. And the risk of sounding like a 14-year-old, at the time, in my head, I actually thought, epic! Yeah. I suppose that you could consider that the first, maybe, break. Like, I'd say the film is quite clearly defined into three segments. Three acts. Mmm. To use a theatrical term. Now, this might seem like a bit of an odd thing to say, but I think you could have got rid of the entire middle act and the film still have worked exactly the same. I think mm. you could have segued right from one to the other. Yes, I think that probably would have, could have worked. You might have had to build Bradley Cooper's character into it a little more, so we had, yeah. were invested in him. But I found that that middle third, while okay, was a little bit derivative and didn't really add that much to the film. Hmm. Then the final third, I liked, and there were some really good moments, but at the end, I thought, what did the film really say? Like, it felt like it had the potential to do something really great, like tie all these things together really well and have this big emotional impact. And then at the end, I kind of was... Mm. I just wanted a little bit more. Yeah. In some ways, it's a bit of a hard film to rate because I think it did something ambitious, and there were parts of it that I thought were truly great, but... It wasn't 140 minutes of greatness. No. I feel like I might like it more if I were to rewatch it mm-hmm. and therefore be expecting less and just enjoy it for the characters and the shots and the cinematography and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But for now, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. So now let's uh, get stuck into housekeeping, our
1: famous housekeeping segment. You have something on the housekeeping roster, Jonathan. What is
0: it? Yes, we have a milestone to announce. well. The Screen Verdict podcast has hit over twenty thousand plays and downloads. Everyone in the room is clapping.
1: One hundred percent of people are like, clapping. Screen Verdict, right now. So, your clapping sounds a bit pathetic. <laughs> but, like, I wanted to give people context that there's no one else in
0: the room not clapping. Yeah, all but, the all the interns are downstairs. Yeah. Um, Hard at work. <laughs> they, they gave us a clap on the way into yeah. Podcast HQ.
1: <laughs> yes, but it's really just us clapping ourselves. Is probably like pretty pathetic.
0: Worse than no Yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty big milestone. I remember we hit one thousand. We very over. And board. we were very happy with that. That was at our Moneyball podcast. So Moneyball. It has taken a lot less than twenty times that length of time to get to twenty thousand. So. Hmm. I guess we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for following Screen Verdict. Yes. And if you're listening to this now,
1: it's helping us get that step closer to (laughs) 30,000, 40,000,
0: or a million even. It'll be interesting to see what number translates to revenue for Screen Verdict. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Because at the moment, it's for the passion of yeah. the podcast. Yeah. We are not selfish here at Screen Verdict. We do not do this for monetary gain. No. But just out of pure intrigue, I wonder what that number has to be in order to return some sort of income. Yes. That will be true. <laughs> Seems
1: like there's not much else to uh, do now than maybe... Bitter Hall of Notes karaoke. <laughs>
0: I thought you were gonna say make that baby. <laughs> I was about to start singing but I realized key of C minor is probably not the opening lyrics to the song.
1: ready great reeling over time. Where does it stop? Where do you dare me to draw the line? You got the body now, you want my
0: soul.
1: Don't even think about it. Say no, oh, go, yeah.